All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Um, I don't even know how to start this show, but if you're familiar with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, the last song that you just heard in the intro is called Empty Highway, and I couldn't find anything better than Empty Highway to start this show with because what an unprecedented day in the world of sports, uh, particularly in the world of hockey as we look at it here in the desert southwest. The uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, has uh, taken its toll on the desert southwest, and tonight we have decided to do a little roundtable. I've got my uh, club hockey co-host with me, Stephen Marsh. I'm going to have my uh, um, college hockey Southwest Weekly co-host, Paul Hornstein, with us. And hopefully we're going to be able to get uh, my man, Seth Eskelson, with me from uh, Pro Hockey as well. So, gentlemen, first of all, welcome in. It's a uh, somber day, but yet, uh, as I have told both of you, uh, I tend to look at adversity as opportunity. And, well, we'll get into detail about what's happened along the way. Um I think we also need to look at uh, the opportunity that's that's going to come from what's happened. So let me introduce everybody. Stephen Marsh, how are you today? I'm doing uh, doing okay. Uh, you know, this has been quite a, a whirlwind of a, the last day or so, just seeing how everything has just transpired. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of it's the, the right decision, but it's just such a – it's such a – it's hard to wrap my head around the fact that there's going to be like no sports going on for at least a month oh, or even longer. It's it's just crazy. But but safety's first. But I know we're going to break it down. But yeah, it's it's been it's been hard. It's been kind of a interesting uh, last couple of days just thinking about everything. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island. How are you doing? Uh, pretty much going to echo at least in terms of the sports world what Steven says. Uh, Steve, how you doing? Um, is you went from will they they'll play with no people in the uh, they'll play with no people in the building and then they go to nope we're gonna delay conference tournaments and then they went to uh, nope we're canceling everything and we're not only just gonna cancel basketball and hockey we're, we're canceling the rest of the year and uh, and that was uh, on top of you know the professional leagues doing not necessarily canceling for the rest of the season, uh, but uh, at least canceling or postponing, and who knows how long that'll be. Uh, as of right now, the NBA's got its own unique issues because they've been the only league where uh, players have been taught, uh, positively test tested positive, so. Um, you know, that's, they have their own set of issues. I'm sure players on other teams and other sports are getting tested too. Uh, but we don't know, uh, how any of those have come out if they've been tested at all. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's very interesting that you bring that up. I'm going to, and I told both of you this uh, off air, but I'm going to interject this as well. Um, <clears throat> a decade ago, I was a, a survivor of the H1N1 um, swine flu, if you will. Uh, contracted it uh, in Arizona on a trip here with my daughter, of all things, to ASU. And uh, went back to North Dakota, where I was at at the time, and uh, uh, really got sick, if you will. 104-degree temperature for about five to seven days, sweating through, uh, um, you know, the bed sheets that need to be changed twice a day. And uh, it was just... Uh, an unbelievable uh, disease. The, the thing that that baffled me about it was when I went in, not knowing what was wrong with me, they uh, put me in a mask and sent me out the back door of the doctor's office. Uh, in addition <laughs> to that, my family was all tested. Uh, my wife and kids, they were all tested. So um, after that point, uh, nobody else tested positive in my family. So it ran its course. I made it through. Um, you know, we did we did everything we had to do, and we moved on. And you look back at it now, and that was a time where there were several thousand people that were affected by it and, and had died from it, and it was a tragic time. But 
I don't think the hysteria that was there, and, and I don't want to downplay this at all, so don't take this at that way, folks. I'm not downplaying the seriousness of this. I believe it's very serious, but I think the NHL of all the, uh, the leagues made the, the proper decision. They waited a little bit, uh, and by that I mean a few hours, a, a day, uh, after everybody else jumped on board, and they said, you know what, we're going to pause the season. We're not going to cancel it. We're going to pause it and give it some time to see just exactly how severe this is and if there is, in fact, a way we can continue. And if we can, we can move on. So that being said, guys, uh, when I look at this, obviously I look at it in three different areas. Number one, I look at the seniors in the college end of it and the players overall, but particularly the seniors at the NCAA and the club level. Um, you know, they work all season. They've worked for years, maybe their entire life to get an opportunity to play in a national tournament. And especially here in the desert Southwest, it's really a gut kick. And I can only imagine what those guys are going through because it, it just seems like it, it can't be real, right? And not only that, but the seniors that maybe had the opportunity to move on to the professional leagues now can't even do that because the professional leagues are stalled. So that's number one. Number two that I think I see in this, this whole scenario is the fact that you know, obviously safety. Safety is it, right? You have to be concerned for your team, your your, your fans, all of those people. And, but then I look at the third part of it, and this one I, I don't know if it's ever getting mentioned enough, but the economic impact. These tournaments, even at the NBA level, bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, and they also support a lot of people in those areas that count on that revenue to uh, make their living. So you got three areas, so Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Jump in on the first area with the players because you're very close to the uh, players at UNLV, and tell us your thoughts on just how you feel about the players. Yeah, that's the first thing that kind of goes into into my mind. I, I think about the, the 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 players and and I, you know to be able to, to work so hard all season long. And especially at the at the club levels, which we talk about, you know, with UNLV and 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 it's just that they are able to work so hard all season. They put so much time, effort, and their own resources into into you know playing all season to work for something like a national title and and to and to make the the tournament. And then you have something like this that that pops up and it just completely changes everything and. I even just yesterday, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I was at the, uh, I went to practice again and was got some interviews with a couple of the players I hadn't put up yet. I was going to put them up today and then they canceled the tournament and then I just obviously didn't. But, um, you know, they were, they were excited. They were, they, the players were, were, were continuing to, to work and hard and practice and, and, and prepare themselves. And they were excited about how it was, how they were going to, uh, about this year's potential in the, uh, in the ACHA tournament. And now, you know, the season ends this way, and it's it's kind of an unfortunate way. But again, you know, the public's uh, your your safety and concern is is a number one, and especially uh, as we see in across the country with with college sports and with colleges themselves. Uh, UNLV, for example, here they they're now going to finish the semester with online classes starting after spring break. They're going to be completely virtual. All the spring athletic sports for for UNLV and other colleges, I'm sure as well, but for certainly for UNLV, the Mountain West schools here out here are now stopped for the rest of this season. So you just think about the impact of of all this, and, and you think about athletes across across the spectrum um, that are not gonna, not going to be able to to play, and then you think, well, you know, is this especially for for like a player like like Jake Sachs, who this was his final season with UNLV, was maybe going to get one more opportunity to to play in the tournament and to really have an opportunity to to shine one more time and help lead this team maybe to help lead this team to to the deep run and and now you're not going to see that and it's 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 unfortunate and it's 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 sad uh, but I understand the the reasoning behind it but it's it still takes it still makes you kind of sad for for the players and for the coaches and they put all this time and energy all season long to work for this this is you know at the club level college chocolate the ACHA this is what you work for. Your regular season, you know, you get championships, and of course, Arizona had a successful season, won the Cactus Cup and the and the WCHL, so they, they still have those. But but you work for national tournament, be able to be a national champion, be able to get in that field, 
and, and you get there, and then and then you're not going to be able to to participate. A week, a week from today, probably just you know right. by now we would have had our first. Get, we would have known who won between you and OV and ASU, but um, so those are just some of my thoughts that have been going through my head. Yeah, it's, it's really sad for the players and for their for their families and for and for the coaches and stuff that put all that time and energy into working for something like this and then and then it doesn't happen. All right, Paul Hornstein, you and I are on the beat of NCAA hockey and uh, specifically Arizona State. Um, I know you're devastated. I'm devastated. I'm sure the seniors, the rest of the players, Coach Powers, his staff are devastated as well. But if you can, Paul, put it into perspective a little bit for us as to uh, where do we go from here with these guys? Uh, that's a, a really good question, Scott. Um, there are so many things that run through your head. Uh, obviously, you feel for the players. But, I mean, uh, I, I understand that this is just sports. Um, and I understand that all of the other things surround it are just as important, um, maybe more so um, the people whose lives are going to be affected by all of this, um, the the cancellation of all of these of of these events. Um, this, you know, the College World Series is Omaha's biggest. You know, that's that's a that's that's a ten day event. That's not one day. That's not one weekend. Right. That's a ten day event. Right. Okay, um, and I, if they have a bigger uh, attraction in that town uh, on a yearly basis, I don't know what it is uh, because they built an entire new stadium just to keep the College World Series uh, in Omaha uh, when there were a lot of rumblings that uh, maybe they should find somewhere else to play it. Uh, you know, the city of Detroit, um, was spending a lot of money for the Frozen Four. And, you know, now all of that has gone by the wayside. I, I kind of suspect that the NCAA will, will, will I don't want to call it a make good, but uh, maybe push back the next set of announcements for Frozen Four and, and maybe, you know, throw the Detroit on the end there. Um, you know, the, and the the men's basketball tournament and the women's basketball tournament brings in maybe billions. I don't want to certainly uh, triple digit millions uh, between right uh, all the games and the and the TV ads and and all of those people. I have a friend of mine that uh, does. Cat that works a camera at, at, at a lot of the local, you know, at a lot of between the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils and the and, and the basketball and and and, and all. It's going to cost him a lot of cash because nobody's playing. Nobody. Um, yeah. It and you know, let's not forget all the vendors and all of the the businesses around the buildings and. All of that type of stuff that is probably going to affect people far more than us not being able to watch games. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. A couple things that came to mind, and I'll have both of you answer on these when you when you can. But, um, you know, one thing that I thought first immediately, and I wasn't the only one because if you've been on Twitter, you've seen a lot of it. But, you know, with this being so unprecedented, does the ACHA and the NCAA look at these senior classes this year and go, listen, guys, we're going to give you another year of eligibility. We understand that you may not want to do it, but at least give them the opportunity to come back and do it. It's not certainly going to replace what they've accomplished this season, but it would at least be an olive branch to say, listen, you know, we know this was unprecedented and, and we want you guys to have that opportunity if – you know, you choose to do so. Um, Paul, let's start right with you on that. The, the NCAA, would you would you be in favor of them allowing the seniors to come back for another year? Well, first of all, there's a lot of intricate pieces that would be involved in something like that. 
Um, I, I think it would be easier, obviously, uh, uh, for example, at the ACHA where the pe players pay their own way uh, to say if you were a senior during the 2019-2020 season, uh, you, are, you can be granted an extra year and they might have to do some roster exemptions. I don't know exactly how that works. You guys would know better than I would. Uh, as far as the NCAA is concerned, um, it would probably run a lot deeper than that because they'd have to do some waiving of scholarship limits. Uh, they would have to do some waiving probably of rosters. They would have to do all sorts of uh, mechanical uh, and physical machinations to try and fit that in. And while, you know, and then you have to separate the differences, say, between uh, winter sports and spring sports. Spring sports just started. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. it, it, it's not the same as the winter sports that were in the playoffs. And I, I don't know if you could treat those equally uh, because of the fact that. Uh, the people that are playing the winter sports had a full season. Could they? Would it be a a a, a, a I, I see. I don't know what the ramifications of that are. Would I look into it if I was the NCAA, uh, especially for the spring sports? Uh, I I think they should or they could uh, once everything kind of calms down. Uh, but in terms of uh, the 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 winter sports I don't know if you can treat them the same as much as we'd like to uh, I don't know if you can uh, I mean the NCA can do what it wants it, it basically is its own government organization so to speak yeah I was just gonna say uh, that it's its own organization and I don't know I mean I would be interested to hear what uh, some of the coaches have to say about that. How does that affect recruiting? Because as far as I know, say, for example, right now, everything is off. They can't even recruit. Right. Okay, I could be wrong, but I don't think they... Now, I don't know why they can't, say, pick up a telephone and call somebody. I don't know. But the, as far as I know, they're not able to do any of that. And... Maybe it also depends on how long this lasts um, in terms of uh, the emergency situation that we're in, for lack of a better term. Uh, but like I said, it, it's different because the winter guys have played their own, their entire season. Did they get playoffs? Right. No. Does that suck? Yes. Uh, however, the spring guys, like I said, they're just getting started. Uh, so... I don't – I would look into that first and then go to the winter guys. As much as I'd love to see some of ASU seniors come back for an extra year, if they choose to do that, uh, it would be great. But I, I honestly, I don't see that happening. Uh, right. I don't either. <laughs> That's but, why I wanted to get your opinion. I don't see it either. But I, I think – you know, I thought about the same thing too. Do you give – uh, like I said, especially the spring guys, a chance to get an extra year and you could do whatever waivers and exemptions you need to do for the rosters. Uh, obviously, at the ACHA level, it's, it's a much different story um, in terms of, of how you could do that. But it's a very complicated question. And obviously, uh, it's crossed people's minds because... That's the way we think. We're kind of wired that way. Uh, and right You're now, right. you know, uh, I, I can't watch the news 24 hours a day. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Uh, I hear you. St Stephen Marsh, from the ACHA side of things, your thought on that topic? Well, uh, you know, I I was thinking about that today, too. And I, 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 I while it would be good, I mean, I was, echo a lot of what Paul was saying, but I, I don't know how you could you could do it because the regular season, you got through the whole season practically except the tournament. So, you know, you you know, you know basically are going to erase a whole season. They, they they played a whole season. A lot of teams that didn't qualify, you played a complete season. 
but you didn't play the tournament, which is whatever you know, which is what you obviously are playing for. So, you know, it's like what he was saying. If it was a, the, one of the spring sports at a college or you you know the university that's just starting up, and you only get maybe ten games in or eleven games in, and then and then you you cancel it, then you know you can look and say, okay, well we can do a reset and gave them another year of eligibility in the in the spring sports, but. But if it's you know, but since you got through the whole regular season practically, and you already played a full season minus just the tournament, then I'd be kind of tough to to go back and say, okay, well we'll we'll give you another another year. Um, I don't know if the ACHA has quite as their um, their limitations or restrictions are probably not as much as the NCA, but it it runs a lot of the similar ways that it does I think at the NCA level in regards to you know well, how many years of eligibility you have I think you, you ACHA does give you I think up to up to five I think I don't, NCA I don't know how I think it's four obviously but there's certain circumstances but so I, I don't know but I, I don't see how it could be done but it would be it would be I wouldn't be against it but I just think it would be it would be hard to to do that because you practically, like I said, you practically played a full season, even though you didn't play the tournament. But otherwise, you you played all your you played all your games that you were scheduled to play in the regular season. So, and if you're at okay, the ACA I want to touch level, on a, know, a couple like, of other things. Oh, hold on, uh, right? Know, if guys guys graduate, right? Yes, you know, you, you yeah. say, do we do? Oh, you graduated, but you can play anyway. Uh, maybe if you're in grad school, you can get away with that. But uh, theoretically, you, I, I don't think you would be covered by anything if you were not an actual student at the university that you were playing at. That, that yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because like I said, the ACH it's like a lot like the NC. You have to be going to school there. You got to be taking classes. I believe you know you got to maintain you know certain things. So, I mean, if you have already graduated, you're planning to graduate. You know, you're not you're no longer going to be really eligible to pl play for another year. I, I wouldn't I think there's some circumstances where you can like finish this semester, like you graduate in the winter and you can play a spring and you still play the spring. But, uh, and a lot of these people are already getting ready for their next stages of their, of their lives and careers and planning sure. what they're going to do afterwards and, and everything. So absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I think we got it on that one. Uh, a couple of things that I know, I think Paul's an expert on or as close to an expert on yeah. and, Stephen and yeah, I have okay. both experienced it, but okay, here here we go. I gave you my my thoughts on, um, you know, the H one N one of two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and and the swine flu. But the only thing when this happened today, a, a same similar feeling, and certainly not to the magnitude. But Paul, you li you live on you know on Long Island, and you remember nine eleven, like I'm sure it's it, yesterday's happenings, but. Um, you remember how things happened from 9-11? I mean, it was eerie. It was eerie here in Phoenix because the airplanes stopped flying. There was an eerie silence everywhere. Businesses stopped. The TVs went to 100% news. Didn't see anything else. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the resiliency of the United States and the people of New York said, you know what? You're not going to win, terrorists. You're not going to win. We're standing up to this. We're moving on. And and I saw a quote from somebody today, and certainly I'm not trying to put these two in the same perspective, so don't get me wrong on that. But, you know, what I heard somebody say today, wouldn't it be just hockey player mentality for the NHL to say, you're not going to win, you know, um, coronavirus. We're, we're tougher than you, and we're going to push forward. Just, just well, tell me a little we, bit about that, Paul, from, from your perspective as a Long Island resident. Well, you know... I, I do understand the the idea behind you know he's a hockey player he's going to play but um, the, the the strange thing is the thing I remember most about that about that day and that time uh, you know I was actually I was working that day like like most people were um, you know I was working in the school I had been there for a couple of years and I kind of really don't remember much from that exact from that day itself uh, a lot of what I remember was a few days afterwards 
I, I, I know that sounds weird, um, but that's what's in, you know, that's more in my memory than the actual day itself, other than going home and not having anybody be on the road. Uh, it was kind of the same thing after Hurricane Sandy. Uh, we had to go back to work a couple of days before the students came in, and the roads were empty then too. Uh, you know, the the most I've gotten so far, at least from this, because it's just starting, is you know people posting pictures of the lines in the supermarket and right. the run yeah. on Clorox wipes and 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 toilet paper and paper towels. Um, you know, so my, my, my things are a little different in terms of, um, those actual days. Uh, it's, it's, it's a question I've actually asked myself a, a bunch of times. Uh, why don't I remember much from that, from 9-11 the day of specifically, uh, as opposed to a few days afterwards, uh, mostly because. You know, uh, and I don't know why. And I, like I said, I've asked myself that a bunch, and I still haven't come up with an answer. And this is, you know, twenty years later. So, right, Stephen, you're you're obviously younger than both Paul and I, but just give us your thoughts about um, about that scenario. And and I'm sure you have memories of nine eleven and how it changed the world that day. Yeah, that was uh, was a that was a somber time in our in our country for sure. And and you know, I I remember I was still pretty young, so I I remember you know seeing it and all that and, and everything surrounding it. But I guess I just I don't really remember exactly every, everything that encompassed all the with all the things that shut down and stuff as I would as I'm going to remember this probably and how just how this whole thing is kind of uh, transpired and developed and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I, there are certainly a lot of, um, I heard that a lot today too, that this was, you know, kind of like, like, like a 9-11 type thing, not to the same level because 9-11 was very, very tragic. And this is just a, this is more of a preventative type thing, more than a reaction of, of a tragedy that, that happened. You know, a lot of this stuff that we're seeing now is, is a preventative measure to avoid a very, serious outbreak of this this virus that that can cause harm to a lot of people so um so i think that's the biggest difference there the 9-11 thing was a reactive kind of we had this very tragic event let's you know preventative too in a sense that it's you know we're going to try to make sure not, something like this doesn't happen in the in the short run, but it was also a reactive so i, I don't know i guess because this this stuff today too the reactive thing too because we're seeing what's happening so i, I guess it's it's similar too but but I, I don't know, it's 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 kind of one of those times where it's just it's a, it's one of those things where we're gonna remember remember these these few days and, and weeks probably for for a while for sure. Well, well you know, and 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 that was my my same thought, guys, is that you know it's it, right now we're in what I call the shock and awe stage, a lot like nine eleven. I mean, I remember so vividly. Uh, being here and not in New York and watching the towers go down and, and going like, this can't really be happening. And that's the same type of thoughts I had today. I'm going like, I was supposed to be at an NHL game tonight and, and watching the Arizona Coyotes fight for the a playoff spot with the what I called the Dirty Dozen in the last 12 games of the uh, regular season. And, and it's gone. And I'm going like, how can it be gone? And then you know, in Arizona today and yesterday, it rained horrendously, and we had leaking in, the, in my apartment, and we had all these different things going on, and I'm going like, is this really the end of everything? Because it seemed that way, right? I mean, it seemed like everything, like everywhere you turned, there was a new case. And then I started looking a little deeper into, you know, I wanted to know more about what, what, what this was. What, what is coronavirus, you know? And I, so I started looking into it, and I said, okay, it's it's a virus that we don't really have a vaccine for, but the severity of it seems to be in certain age groups, the elderly, the young, uh, but the people, especially athletes in, in the middle, you hear about them now getting it, but, but you really don't know how it's affected them. It's not like, you know, um, you're afflicted with cancer or leukemia or, 
you know, any of those horrible things. And Paul, you know exactly what that's all about and how devastating oh, yeah. that is. You know, um, so when I looked at this, I said, is there an overreaction happening here? And should we have maybe not quite gone so overboard and maybe controlled things? Because, you know, as Paul said, he saw the long lines for, for the, the grocery stores. And what were they getting? They were getting, you know, disinfectants and things like that. And when I think of that, I think of, okay, that just needs to be, you know, sanitized. And I saw the people at, at Gila River Arena today uh, before they announced that there wouldn't be a game yesterday and today. They were wiping down all the seats and they're putting hand sanitizer stations all over the arena and they were doing everything they could to eliminate as many of the germs as they could so i'm going like you know at what level are we really at and i don't know if we any of us really know because it's obviously at a higher pay grade than us but let's take a quick break let's give you guys a, guys a little time to think a little bit and then let's talk a little bit about the uh the future of what what's going to happen beyond this and then kind of look into that. And then let's also talk about the people that I think are really affected the most. And that's monetarily are the people that, you know, the airline airlines and the hotels and, you know, Steven, you in Vegas with the casinos and the conventions, all of those people that, that are certainly out. So let's take a quick break. We're going to come right back in two minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken or the fall off the boat jesse ray's barbecue has been one of the best barbecue in las vegas two years running so whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast head to jesse ray's barbecue for all their award-winning tastes At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the pool after a long work day, find your bottle be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. At the heart. All right, and we're back, folks. Uh, a special edition of, we're going to call it Club Hockey, Professional Hockey, and College Hockey Southwest Weekly all together. Have a little round table going. I know uh, my professional hockey co-host, uh, Seth Askelson, is not able to join us. He's uh, on assignment for his other job at Ottawa University. So, uh, I, you know, I know he's fighting the weather, too, because he's got, he's got some stuff to do there. But Paul Hornstein is with me. Stephen Marsh is with me. So we got a Long Island guy. we got a Las Vegas guy. I'm live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, guys, before we went to the break, I said – but let's talk a little bit, if we can, let's, let's try to look ahead and see w where this is all going to go from here. And I know it's really an, an open-ended question because we don't know much. But um, if you had to kind of just look, what, what's your gut thoughts knowing what you know at this point? Uh, where do you think things are going to go? So, Stephen, why don't you start us? Well, at least on the... I know we're talking hockey, but I think we're gonna we're gonna use the NBA as kind of a a, a mode model here. The uh, NBA commissioner, in an interview that he did tonight with the folks at TNT, he he made it seem like it was gonna be at least thirty days before they would resume uh, play in basketball. Um, so I would maybe expect the same to be the case for the uh, for the NHL. Would be at least wait uh, a month and then reevaluate and see where things are it could be sooner some are saying maybe there's some uh, hot, uh insiders in the nhl that maybe say two three weeks they'll then maybe they can 
resuming, and that wouldn't put him too far back. And then there's some question about whether they can, whether they'll finish the regular season completely, which I'm sure is what they want, and then the playoffs and what that will look like. They're looking into playing into July maybe now, and so where the Stanley Cup final would go into mid-June, they would push that back into July. I think same with the same with the NBA, maybe end of July, August even. Um, so everything would just kind of get shifted. Um, so I mean, I I don't know on that end from the college from the college aspect of it. Obviously, everything has kind of um, been canceled the rest of the the rest of the academic year in regards to the athletics. Um, so hopefully by then, you know, they they can continue to monitor and then and then when the new when the fall season starts when the semester begins, they can resume. But again, there's still stuff that goes on behind the scenes that that it's not just necessarily in the game. There's football that does their, their spring stuff, so all that's being canceled. Of course, recruiting, which we've mentioned about, so we, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But, um, you know, everything everything in a month or so could be could be calmer and as the weather starts to warm up, and maybe that's a seasonal thing we mentioned. So it, it, it could resume in that aspect. So that would be a positive. But I, I would expect at least two, three weeks of, of nothing, of no sports, and then maybe, or very little sports. I think a couple of the, like NASCAR is still going to do some stuff without fans and stuff. And then that might be another thing we look at too. Do they start resuming stuff with first no people in the stands and then maybe eventually having the, the fans come in or maybe maybe let this, let this uh, suspension of play go a little bit longer but then come back fully ready to go with fans, ready to go full engage, or whether it's an incremental thing where we, where we start to play games but we start doing it with no fans, and then eventually, as things continue to develop, we can work into putting people back in the stands again. So um, that's where I kind of see maybe how things might go. But um, on the professional side, and then on the college side, obviously they they've canceled the rest of the sports for this academic year. So now it's just a matter of what's going to be done behind the scenes to to monitor things and then prepare for the the next academic year semesters and and the sports going forward and starting with the fall sports, I, I guess. So. Okay, so um, you probably heard the ding of the uh, familiar ESPN beep. I just saw that the uh, PGA Tour has now canceled events, including the uh, the Players' Championship going on this weekend. So yet another sport. So, Paul Hornstein, that leads me into uh, my question for you is, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen uh, in any nope. front, but what we do know is there's a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of businesses that are going to be out a lot of money and in your estimation, how long can is this sustainable? I mean, how long is too long before things start well, shutting down? I, I, I think if you ask anybody that's uh, running a business, uh, they've already been affected. They were affected before today. Um, you know, uh, I know people in the hotel business, I'm sure Stephen does too, being up there in Las Vegas. And they are losing uh, tons and tons of money as meetings and events and, and, and conventions and so forth and so on get canceled. And, and so those people, that means all the staff in those hotels and that means all the staffs at the businesses. And that means all of these people uh, are going to be in tough, tough shape. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know that it's going to be a long long time before people are able to recover from this um i am not even sure i mean if, if that it can be calculated to be honest with you um, you know a lot of those people like i said my buddy who works the cameras he he gets paid by the game if there's no game he doesn't get paid Right. Same thing with the vend same thing with the vendors. You know, right. that that count on that money to you know help them make their ends meet because it's their second or even third job, uh, being a, a vendor at a ball game or, or, or an arena. Uh, you know, and not just sports because now you're talking about concerts and, and all of those other things and concerts make even more money for buildings. Uh, than sporting events do, and Disneyland too is is for a few weeks. Yeah. So you think about how many people work at Disneyland, and 
and the impact there. But it sounds like Disney's going to pay. Some companies are stepping forward and, and helping out their employees for at least the time being. I think Disney's going to still pay some of their, their workers. Uh, uh, so that's that's good to see that some of these people are stepping up. I know the, the president is, is trying, and the, the Washington, D.C. is trying to trying to help too. So it seems like people are all trying to help well, out. Well, you know, if you're, if you're Disney, you can handle that much easier uh, than, right. say, the, the local... Uh, you know, street vendor sure. or food cart that uh, uh, has one or two employees uh, because if people aren't going to work, they're not lining up at those food trucks to, to, to buy the product. And so everything gets hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not, I mean, good for Disney if they're doing that. Uh, but like I said, the big companies can afford to do that. Um, they might tell you differently, but, um, you know, the small, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to, you know, I don't think mom and pop grocery stores really exist anymore. But, uh, I mean, you get the idea. Those are the people yeah. that are really going to get hurt because uh, they might be able to withstand stuff for a week or two, maybe. Uh, but you start getting longer than that, uh, and th- those people are going to have problems. You know, and, and Paul and, and Stephen, I look at uh, – and the big companies, too, like the airlines, and again, I'm going to revert this back because it's the only thing I can even come close to, uh, and, and I don't want to, again, minimize it because 9-11 is something that will never change. But I remember the airlines at that time, right, uh, they weren't flying. They weren't allowed to fly, and people yeah. were stranded yeah. everywhere, and they were losing millions of dollars, and it ended yeah, up I having to be a government. A, about a week? Yeah, and it was only a week, like and there that. ended up being a Maybe. government you know, government uh, bailout to help them out because they were just going to not make it. Well, I mean, if you've looked at airline prices recently, they, they were just falling like crazy the last couple of weeks in anticipation of people not traveling. And now uh, are we going to get to the point where if all of these things are going to be shut down, A, B, are the airlines going to get to the point where they're going to be affordable for us to even take flights so they're going to start eliminating flights and things like that and trickle down effect from all of that just seems like it's it's crazy but it's all a part of it i think it caught us all off guard none of us really expected that it would turn into this um and we'll cross our fingers and pray that this is going to be a very short duration and it'll move on but uh in in the same type of things let's just assume for lack of assumption here that um we're we're getting to a point where three, four weeks down the road, you're going to be able to start playing games again at the professional level, at least. Uh, are those players going to be in game shape? You know, say you got 12 games left in the regular season in the NHL. Is that going to be a risk factor too for the health of the players, uh, Paul? Well, I, I mean, there'll probably be some. Uh, you know that everybody will be rested. Uh, they would probably. Uh, have a week or so where they have like a mini training camp to get their legs back. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the athletes have the ability to at least stay in cardiovascular shape, if not game shape, uh, for the most part, uh, on their own. But in terms of the uh, the games themselves, if they if if that happens. Uh, I would be shocked if they didn't have like a week where they got ready for it. Um, and the 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 more interesting uh, in terms of you know how they would resume, you know, baseball would almost have to start over again with their spring training because you have spring training is now more for the pitchers than it is for the hitters. And you're talking about guys that have built up their arm strength even. You know, we're coming up uh, in the middle of March. Baseball season was only two weeks away. So you had starting right. pitchers starting to stretch themselves out. And now they're going to have to start all over again. Uh, and I'm, you know, you know, and uh, pitching is already a strain on your arm as it is. And so that is going to be, when they do start playing, going to be an issue. Uh, you, you can't have... You know, you get away with one week of hockey mini training camp. You can't get away with 
uh, a one week or a two week mini training camp for baseball. You just can't. So um, that's a really good point. That doesn't matter how much you throw on the side, unless you're going to increase the pitching, the, the roster to have like six or seven extra pitchers so that guys only have to throw an inning or two at a time, which changes the game completely. Uh, despite what the uh, analytics people like to say, um, you know, you, you've got a situation where uh, that's going to be harder than the other sports. Uh, you know, and if we're still talking about this stuff uh, in June, then you might not see a baseball season at all. Good point. Steven, you have a unique perspective because you not only cover uh, club hockey for us, but you're also in Vegas, right? The entertainment capital of the world. Uh, you see the NHL, you see the casino action, you see the, the, the concerts and the big names that come to town. Just give us a, a little thumbnail about what you're seeing right now. And I realize it's really early in this, but what are you seeing and, and what's your projection, if you could, into uh, the next month or so for Las Vegas, Nevada? Oh, I, I think it's going to get really, I think it's going to get worse here before it gets better. I mean, like you said, we're just starting to see this. Now we had, we had uh, three conference tournaments, four conference tournaments of basketball here. Mountain West and WCC did finish theirs. And you know, they played last week or into this week, uh, WCC. The Pac-12 tournament did start, but they, they canceled obviously today. And then the WAC canceled theirs obviously. And, and so people were already hear from that and now are going home we we get a lot of conventions here throughout the year and a lot of big ones that were coming up in the next few weeks have all now been scrapped so that that's a lot of people that are not going to need to come here and won't come here and that's a lot of revenue that the city's going to miss out on um for that and and so that's a big big loss uh, you go to a lot of these these casinos, and again, it's very early on. There was some activity this week. We still had a convention this week, although it was a reduced down amount of people that would normally come for it. And actually, they just announced they're ending that early because of all this. So they're not. It was supposed to go till Saturday, but they're ending it early, so they're not going to continue it. So we're just starting to see it, with all these cancellations of things. We really aren't. We're seeing the impact now, but as the the weeks. And the month goes on when we see the cancellation of these big events. Um, Vegas is going to really be hurt by this. Um, you know, you go down to the strip and you go around to some of the, the casinos, and, and I do that a little bit during the week. And it's um, some of the casinos where you'd see a lot of activity uh, right out the front of the hotels. You know, see always cars coming in to pull in or, you know, being dropped off and stuff. It's a lot of them, it's a ghost town. I mean, it's it's. There's not a whole lot of cars to be seen, not a whole lot of people uh, walking around. There's still people around, but if you go to the different properties where the, the front, you know, the fronts where you see activity, you're, you're not doing that. The MGM is, is uh, resorts is closed, temporarily closed their buffets, and Wim Resorts is uh, temporarily suspending their buffets and nightclubs and, and things. So that, even though we talk about how many people are, are impacted by that. Um, I did want to mention something about the Golden Knights here real quick, since this will take this back to hockey. Yeah, Bill, absolutely. Uh, Bill Foley uh, you know, had a statement that he, I guess, shared to the, the media, and somebody from the RJ tweeted this. He says, this is what Bill Foley says. He says, we don't know the extent of how far this is going to go. Uh, I think the commissioner did a great job being prudent and saying, let's put this on hold for the time being. Let's not expose fans or players. Um, he said, our message to the players was go home for the weekend, take it easy, and have a little contact with people as possible. Next week, we'll get direction on practices or when they can work out. That's what we were kind of wondering what would be the situation with that. So they'll apparently next week might get some more answers on that. Um, they're saying they're detoxing entire locker rooms at T-Mobile, an entire practice facility at City National, making sure it's sanitary, taking extra precautions. Uh, he says that we'll take care of everyone. If, if we have to make financial sacrifices, we'll make it. There won't be any layoffs in our hockey operations. He's, he's viewing this as a two to three week transition period until we can evaluate the situation. And then he finishes, I guess, by saying, my theory is let's have minimum contact, be around people you know or are acquainted with and family, just locked down for a period of time. Um, he's really, really concerned about the level of contagion for our fans. I'm 100% behind what the league did. So that's just from uh, Bill Foley, the owner of the Golden Knights. So, um, 
So, Stephen, let me let me ask you this because I, I went to Paul on the fact of nine eleven being a New Yorker. I want to go to you on one October and what you feel um, as a one October um, Las Vegan, right? I mean, we saw that that hit us all. It was a specific area. It was um, a specific number of people, albeit a very large amount of people for for such an event. But how, how is this kind of related? Because we know what the Golden Knights did. Uh, for for the survivors and the victims of that, uh, are they kind of looking at this differently, or do you think it's kind of the same thing from the Golden Knights' perspective as as that event on one October? Ooh, that's a that's a tough that's a tough question. You know, I, I, I yeah, I thought about one October a little bit, and and there are a lot of um, layers to that too. But you know, one October. That was uh, that was really a certainly a very tragic night for the history of Las Vegas, and it did seem like for a little while things were kind of shut down or slow and shut down and some for some. But but I think what was what was different was you're right. The Golden Knights the next day were in the community. They were they were they were at the blood banks. They were they were visiting the police, the first responders. Um, and they were getting ready to play their first season, and then they they started their season and had the great thing. So we we had an es- escape. Different this time now is this this sort of event has now even impacted the sports world in regards to so people that look to sports to heal or to get over something like this going on is not going to have that now. So for the time being, so people. Are not going to know what to to do to to go for it. Where normally sports would be there as a as a healer, as a as a as now affected by this as well as everything in, for the most in, in the sports world is pretty much on hold right now. So that that's the biggest uh, difference there. They the Golden Knights. Uh, I, I'm sure they're going to look at when the season resumes and 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 look. But you know, I I think about when the season does resume if. If they play in an empty state arena, uh, that's that's going to be so crazy for the Golden Knights <laughs> because they've built themselves oh. on having such a great. And, and a lot of places are like this, but they're going to have such a their great atmosphere. The fans come out and stuff, and if they got to play games in an empty building, uh, that's going to be a big difference for them. But uh, you know, if, if, if they're going to do what the suggestions are and 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 be safe, uh, I, I think protecting the players. Uh, safety is 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 number one, and obviously the fans too, who who invest in the team and and invest their time and money to to come to games, and, and you want to feel that you're gonna be you're gonna be safe. You know, there's always I guess a in the back of mind. You know, we got to live our lives and can't always live in fear too, right? Uh, but at the same time, you know, when we have big events, they always seem to be in the back of the mind. There's always a a thought of well, what could you know something might happen, you know, it's just kind of the society we live in now, I think, where we might always assume that, that, you know, you know, if I go to this thing, is, is this going to happen? Am I going to be part of some mass attack or something? As we've, as we've seen, that, that seems to be the, the target. But, uh, and this is different in the aspect of this is uh, not caused by one person, but caused by a, a virus that's making it cross. And, and again, the, the rate of, the rate is of people that will be affected by this. There'll be a lot of people that will get it, but most people will get through it, but right. Yeah. You know, I think the, I think the biggest thing is containing it. If we can contain, if we cut down now on these big gatherings and and keep people maybe you know, it's kind of weird to keep people kind of isolated, not isolated, but just in, in less opportunities to have a big gatherings for now next week or month or so. That could really help to um, curve the spread of this as. Most people that will get it will get over it. They won't have as much opportunity to pass it. If we can get things disinfected and everything, then then I think that's the goal: is to if if we make all these if we make all these actions now, we can really stop this from becoming really widespread. I think that's the goal, and and, and I think that's why we're we're seeing this. Great, great point, Paul. I want to ask you a little bit on you know you and I have talked uh, immensely about the growth of hockey in the desert southwest. We have with Stephen as well, but. Uh, when we talk about the growth of things now, uh, in your estimation, will this harm growth 
or is this just a temporary setback or what's your gut feeling on that? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, we all expected certain things to happen in a relative period of time. And I don't know if this pushes any of that back. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, like I said, it's a winter sport, so I don't think that you'll see extra time. Um, you know, I just, I don't, we don't know how this plays out, so it's hard to kind of judge uh, what we think might happen. Um, and, you know, it, this is uncharted territory. The last time something like this happened uh, was 19, 1919. Uh, the NHL right. didn't have Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, right. The Seattle Metropolitans didn't get to play the Montreal Canadiens for the Stanley Cup. And so that's the last time we saw something like this. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm old, but I ain't that old. No, me either. <laughs> my, here's my thought, uh, Paul, is, you know, here at in Arizona, at Arizona State, and Stephen can relate to this from the, uh, the AHL perspective, but when we're, when we're talking at Arizona State, we were so excited about – this team going back to a national tournament for the second year and the momentum that might bring and you know, number one, getting us a new building or a building, right? And number two, getting us, propelling us into a conference. And then, of course, thirdly was, you know, just getting the, the Pitchfork brand out on the national scope of things again. We, we talked, uh, you know, on our show on Tuesday, Paul, about the, uh, the number of wins since 2018 and, and how the Sun Devils have been put themselves in some really great company. And I just hope, and I got my fingers crossed, and I'm praying every day that this doesn't set anything like that back because the last thing that we need here in the desert southwest, and I realize this is a sport as well, but, you know, we don't need any setbacks. We've already had enough of those. Well, there's really no way to judge until time passes. That's really uh, the... The, the only way to know there's there's we don't you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes we've never known um that's not something that took place or takes place uh on a field of competition uh, so we don't really know um you know i'd like to sit here and tell you oh don't worry about it or worry about it but i can't because there's just you know I, i'm not there i'm not inside the various uh, entities' offices uh, where this takes place. And, you know, so, you know, I can only guess, but I'd really rather not do that because uh, that doesn't make any sense. I don't have enough information. Uh, I hear you. Stephen, as far as the Golden Knights go, uh, we know that the uh, Henderson facility is well underway and, and there's another facility, a game arena, if you will, uh, on the marks. Uh, your estimation is, is this just a minor setback? Do those things continue? Does, does the time thing change? What, what, what's your idea or your thoughts on what, what's going to happen to that part of it? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I know that the AHL, of course, has also suspended uh, their season as well. So, you know, we'll see how they handle things going forward as well and, and following the lead, I'm sure, of the NHL. And the impact of that, of course, is the the AHL team for the Golden Knights, you know, they purchased the San Antonio franchise. So what will happen, you know, if that season runs a little bit later, there's going to, you know, gonna, they, they make the transition tier to, to Las Vegas. Um, will that get delayed? And, and um, I'm sure the building's, are still being worked on. I'm sure that work will still go on, and I'm sure their goal is to still be on track to start up here in Vegas, Henderson, whatever you want to call it, uh, next season whenever they decide to do that because if everything gets pushed back or whatever they decide to do, um, that's the biggest thing I look at is they, the, the franchise that they purchased is going to finish their current season you know, in San Antonio, which is where they are now, and then make the move out to Vegas, and they got a transition from getting their players that they're, they're getting all that sorted out. And so, you know, if however late the AHL season goes, if they push forward or if they cancel right. the rest of it or whatever, there's a lot of layers to go. And I'm sure 
every scenario and possibility is going to be uh, discussed about what to do. But I, I would imagine that this will still, everything is still a go as far as building um, their proposals, um, at building the arena or building the, the practice facility for one. And then the arena, which is what they're working on now too, is, you know, trying to, trying to figure out what they're going to do with that. Cause there's been some, um, question from the, um, residents in the Henderson area about what, what exactly they want to do and how they want to do that. So, um, but they're okay. playing uh, the Orleans for now. So that, that will be their, their plan there. So, um, I, I would say everything would work out in time, but you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how, how the next weeks and months progress and what they decide all right. what they wait, do. Wait and see is about all we can do. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. I'm just going to close things up by letting you know uh, if I haven't told you guys personally, uh, thank you so much for all of your input all uh, all season long. Um, it was an abrupt end that we didn't expect. Uh, IcetimeHockeySW.com is going to continue on. Um, it's my goal and my intentions to invite as many seniors from the college ranks to uh, either come on our podcast or sit down for some interviews. I'm calling it the last hurrah because I know it ended suddenly, and I don't know if the guys are going to want to do it, but if they do choose to do it, we're going to have an open forum for them, and I hope you guys are uh, are with me on that. Yeah, we're in. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I'm, I'm planning to, to see if, uh, from the UNOE's perspective, if what they're, now that the season's officially over, what their move forward is, I'm going to hopefully maybe can get a few players' reactions to, to share um uh, at some point, but uh, we'll we'll see. This is all still very uh, new and fresh and everything, so we'll just have to kind of have to kind of see how it plays out. But but yeah, we'll, I think it's I think it's really going to be important. I, I think at this time, especially we you know as we have so much to 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 wrangle around and to wrap our head around with this, and and since we don't have live sports to watch and to and to discuss and to break down and and to root for and everything. Having uh, venues like this to continue to talk and to and to promote the game, um, even during this this break, and, and and continue to break the awareness of the importance of everything is going to be uh, is going to be key. So look forward to it. All right. Well, Stephen March in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Paul Hornstein out of Long Island. Thank you guys so much for uh, for jumping in on a, a last minute thing. I thought it was really important that we did something today. I'm happy we we're able to do it. I'm going to send us out with a uh, another Roger Klein song, and I think this one is as fitting as the intro, which was Empty Highway. This one's called Hello, New Day. And let's cross our fingers, guys, that this is really, truly a, a new day for everybody. So thanks for joining us. Join us again next week as uh, Professional Hockey uh, Southwest Weekly will be back on Monday, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday, and Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday. For, uh, for all the guys... I'm Scott Strandy saying good night from Scottsdale, Arizona.